Welcome, ladies. An interesting topic indeed. And as I said before, this came up a few weeks ago on Ion Health when editor of Women's Health and Fitness magazine, Eileen Domietti, was saying that she'd been watching a series of documentaries online, uh, The Truth About Cancer. And in one of those documentaries, it had come up that medical professionals had said that if they were diagnosed with cancer, they would not have chemotherapy. So, Dr. Let's explain first what chemotherapy is and uh, why it would be used as a cancer treatment. Well, chemotherapy is usually a medical treatment. That means you will receive some intravenous injections or subcutaneous in the skin injections or even sometimes tablets. But what all these medications have in common is that they attack literally the cells in your body that are growing fast. A cancer is an aggressive disease that means the cells of the cancer, whether it's a leukemia or it's a Hodgkin or it's a breast cancer or colon cancer, these cells, they are growing quickly, faster than anything else in your body. So from one gram of cancer load to one kilo of cancer cells, which is actually the killing amount of cancer cells, it can go very quick. And between zero cells or one cell to one gram, you will take some time, at least 10 multiplied by 9. And from one gram to one kilogram, you don't need that much of time. And these medications, they all attack these cells. And from one chemotherapy session to the other, you destroy actually 90% of the cancer cells, not all. That's why it's so important to follow up and do all your sessions, which are usually between six to eight cycles, let's say, for breast cancer. Unfortunately, this medicine will attack all cells that are growing fast in the body, and that's why we have all the side effects of the treatment. And to explain some of those side <coughs> effects, maybe to ask the ladies, uh, we will get your full story, but just uh, what you experienced when you had chemotherapy. So, Linda. Well, certainly I, was, I, I didn't feel well. You know, I obviously wasn't myself. I was nauseous, but now you're given strong anti uh, nauseous medicine. Um, I worked full time. I had young children. I didn't want to sit around and think about it. And I felt that wouldn't be helpful to my whole situation. So I just went on with things and um, didn't feel the best, but knew I had to do it. Now, this happened uh, nearly 20 years ago when you were diagnosed. At that time, uh, if, you exp- if you can remember when you were told and how it was presented to you, what your options were for treatment. So what kind of cancer were you diagnosed with? Well, it it happened um, slowly, and I think that's why I didn't have a big panic session, because I felt, I actually woke up in the middle of the night and felt a pain in my chest. And then I was very frightened about when I had had my last mammogram. And I was afraid that I, with young children, I had let it go, and I would never forgive myself if that happened. So I called immediately the morning when I woke up, And they said, no, you had it um, December 10th last year. You can have the next mammogram December 11th. So that was settled. And I went for the mammogram. And usually they say, just wait a little bit and let's see if the uh, whole mammogram came out clearly for the radiologist. But this time they came back. And they said, we have to take more. And we have to take more. And we have to take more. So I knew knew that something was wrong. It progressed there from um, just a, a needy needle biopsy and um, so I wasn't that frightened at that point but then it, it led to a lumpectomy and my so I, I, I think the reason I wasn't terribly terribly frightened is that I had one of the best surgeons in the area and, and perhaps in the top 100 in the United States and I had had him before this diagnosis because I had cysts 
So I was comfortable with him, and um, he he did the lumpectomy, and he told me, as you mentioned, there's a less than 1% chance it would come back in my lifetime. I then developed malignant melanoma, so had other things on my mind. Then when it returned, I had by that time had the radiation, my lifetime dosage of radiation. And I didn't expect anything. He said he wasn't going to go into the lymph nodes. And it turned out that when he did the mastectomy, he did go into the lymph nodes. And this doctor was very, very, very busy. And he would, you would almost have to catch his um, coattails when he, to keep him in the room with you. But after he took the drain out from the mastectomy, he actually sat down in the room. And I never saw him do that before. So he said, well, actually, we did remove some lymph nodes and the cancer has gone to the lymph nodes. So you've had your radiation. The next therapy would be chemotherapy. And he sent me immediately down the hall to meet with that doctor. And how did you feel at that point? Did, did, you know, what were you thinking? Were you... I actually was in shock. I couldn't believe it. I thought the mastectomy was bad enough that I was losing part of my body. And I, I couldn't believe I would. I thought that was just the end of it. I was very shocked when he actually sat down. And we had this deal going. When I was first diagnosed, I whimpered a little bit. And he said, oh, stop it. And I said, well, my parents have lived to such an old age. I thought I would. And he goes, I'm not saying you won't. And I said, and no offense to any listeners who are from Columbus, Ohio, but I did not want to die in Columbus, Ohio. So I said, I want to die in Paris. So if you think um, that something is happening and it's towards the end, just tell me to get my plane ticket to Paris. So when he sat down, I thought, oh, no, he's going to say, get your plane ticket. Time's up. But he said, you know, the chemotherapy. So I was quite shocked. I, I, I didn't really have too much time to think about it because I went to the end of the hall and immediately met with the doctor that would control the chemotherapy. And so how soon after that did you have your first session of chemotherapy? Well, my mother was older and very ill, and I wanted to go see her. I, I just felt I should... I was in Ohio, and she was in New Jersey. And I said, will I have time to go see her before the treatments? And I decided to do exactly what they said. The day they said I should start the treatment, I would not change anything because I... As I said again, with the young children, I would never forgive myself if something happened and I could have lived for them. So um, they did let me go home to see my mother, and then I started the treatments. But I, I did every single thing as both doctors told me to do. And did you have any concerns or thoughts about the treatment of chemotherapy at that point? As in, did it worry you having chemotherapy? It did because of my age that when I was younger and my mother's friends had to undergo it. It was horrible. They they were just ill morning, noon, and night. And there were pictures of people just getting ill and, and turning green. And the only good thing is they apparently lost weight. So um, I thought, well, that could be a benefit. <laughs> and amazing to have that humor as well. Doctor? Yeah, I would say something about when to start with the chemotherapy. It's mainly if a surgery is involved at the beginning, we wait three weeks, maximum eight weeks, to start with the chemotherapy because we need the wounds to be healed. And with the chemotherapy, the immune system is down and the healing slows down, so this all should be done at this time. And another thing about the nutrition losing weight, this is actually a bad sign. We want the patient to have a very good nutrition, keep their body weights, 
have a good BMI. Not to be obese, don't get me wrong, but it's very important to have a good nutrition even during the time of chemotherapy. When we come back, we'll hear from Uta and her story and her experience and why she turned down chemotherapy, actually. Started a course, but actually the last session refused it. And uh, what, where she stands when it comes to discussing chemotherapy today. So discussing chemotherapy, falls and against, it's a type of cancer treatment, a medicine used to kill cancer cells. That's it in its basic form, what chemotherapy is. Um, you can suffer terrible side effects as a result of chemotherapy. And uh, interesting coming to the fore, more and more medical professionals saying that if they had cancer, they wouldn't have chemotherapy. So the chemotherapy debate, would you or wouldn't you? That's what we want to know. And uh, joining me at table, we have our doctor here, who's Dr. Annette um, Al-Hamadi, who is a consultant general surgeon at City Hospital. We also have Linda Sars-Harding, uh, who was she was diagnosed nearly 20 years ago with breast cancer and went on to have uh, radiation and chemotherapy and she's pro-chemotherapy um, even though it returned the cancer did return but healthy now and Uta Ferris now Uta tell us your story and your experience of chemotherapy well if I begin to tell my story I might not stop but I would make it short a lot of what Linda said also occurred in my life um, I was of course like everyone who gets to know you have cancer you are in a stage of shock for quite some time and you sort of stay in that state of shock during your whole treatment you're trying to keep your spirits high but it gets to you and throughout the course of these treatments um, you get more and more tired your body lets you down, your mind lets you down, you're not anymore in control of your life. And you are very well aware of it. Um, I was in one sense lucky because I was healed from cancer because my cancer luckily was a contained one and it was removed and I was advised by my doctor, this was in Germany, to go through the radiation and chemotherapy and I asked him do you really think so I asked him fearfully I mean what if I don't and he just said I would do it if I was you so I went ahead with it um, I had at that time some voice I, I would call it like maybe something telling me there is something else there is something else that could help you but but what is it I, I i couldn't i couldn't i wasn't strong enough to find it i tried to find it but then i under underwent it anyways and um one thing is coming in my mind now that was towards the end of my treatment in one german university clinic in munster annette will know um i asked the professor who I saw one time throughout this treatment, I asked him, um, would you actually, because I had read it on the internet, I had read that a lot of medical professionals, and what you said earlier also confirmed this, wouldn't go it, undergo it themselves or wouldn't even allow relatives to do so. So I asked him, um, I forgot his name actually, I asked him, would you do that? 
or would you recommend it to someone in your family? And he said, point blank, no. And he was shortly before retirement and he was a capacity and he was a wonderful guy and I trusted him and I knew they did the right thing. What they knew was, was to be done and, but <laughs> that's what he said. I think I have to comment. Can I? Please do, yes, of yes. course. I mean, I'm very academic. I like figures. I like statistics. I like all these things. This is how we grew up from university time. I'm a mother of four. I'm 42. If you would tell me I have a cancer in an early stage and I see I have a good chance to survive it, I will do it. I have to fight for my life and for my family. I would do the chemotherapy. I would do any surgery that's required. I would do this. But if I would figure out I have a stage four metastatic cancer and I know my life expectancy is let's say six months I'm not sure whether I would go for a chemotherapy which is even as bad as the cancer itself to extend my life for another three months so and it I think can that's be often the discussion yes, isn't that's is often the, the point yes is you about you know what are what's what's the prognosis yes and why am I having this yeah. and if I'm going to because some people have said it, you feel like you are suffering more through going through chemotherapy than you are actually from the cancer. Yeah, that's the point. I mean, we go to conferences and we see that life expectancy with with a very strong chemotherapy can go from six months to nine months or ten months. And even I ask myself, is it really worth for someone to go through this all or better enjoy the rest of your life with your family and not be in the hospital all the time? This is another thing. You're never at home. You're always in the hospital and you have all the side effects of it. But if you can be cured by it, Yes, it's a rough time. Six months will pass. It might be good to do it because this is the actual chance that you have to survive the cancer then. Uta, you, did, uh, you didn't go to your last session. So just explain what, how many sessions you needed to go to, you were told to go to. Well, I remember exactly the situation that, that I was in. I just took all my strength and said, I'm not doing the last one. It was almost sort of, as I look back now, it was the beginning of taking my life back, working against that fear. Okay, you have to do this. If you don't do this, you might eventually die. You don't want to die, so you do it. So towards the end, I was thinking from the beginning, and I didn't have the strength to say no. And halfway through, I wanted to stop, and I didn't have the strength. And towards the end, I thought, I'll just say no. That was it. I'm not coming back. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and, and was it because of the side effects, how you were feeling? Because they say you can feel nauseous. You obviously can lose hair. You have hair loss as well. Yes. Was this happening to you? I, I didn't have that, luckily, because the uh, substance that was used, we talked about that earlier in my treatment, is not the one that causes the hair loss. I was lucky in in that that regard, but I mean, we we don't need to measure which which chemotherapy or radiotherapy is hard. They are all hard. But I want to bring another point into the discussion. You see, there is a body, and the body gets weak, and it gets weaker and weaker and weaker, and you get sick, and you need help, you need treatment, you want healing. There is also a mind. And there are emotions going along with this. And we all know this, this old Latin saying, mens sana in corpus um, sanos, I think, <laughs> correct Latin. Uh, that means there is supposed to be a healthy mind and a healthy spirit 
in a healthy body. And if the body is not healthy, then there is something pointing to maybe what we cannot see. And something maybe in in the way you are thinking or your mind or, yes. or feeling. So we're yes. going to we'll get to that a little bit later. How you've discovered for you personally what you feel has worked for you in uh, through your healing process. But Linda, listening to this and clearly very different in your approaches. And you did lose your hair when you had chemotherapy. How was that for you? Well, you know, no one wants to go through that. But oddly enough. Um, uh, you're told to buy a wig before you lose all your hair. And and the chemo doctor did, the day I met him, leave the room and then open the door and come back and say, you will, you, you will lose your hair. So I was like, oh, okay. So I prepared myself for that and cut my hair shorter. And then I bought the wig before I lost all my hair. And he told me almost exactly when it would happen. And I decided not to sit around that weekend that it would probably happen and wait for my hair to just be on the floor. So I planned to trip away with my daughter and we went to Louisville, Kentucky from Columbus, Ohio. And some of the listeners might find this uh, odd, but this is the way I dealt with it. As I was taking a shower that morning, the hair was between my fingers. So, and it was a tingling feeling, which he had told me would happen. So I said, this is it. I had my wig, I packed my wig, left on my trip, And I found that I was able to run my hands through my hair and take out hunks of hair, which was alarming, but, you know, I was was prepared for it. So checked into the hotel, had an interesting, fun weekend, and by the time I was leaving on Sunday morning, it was, I could really grab a lot of hair. So it was this very, very um, elegant hotel, wood paneled, and we went into the elevator, lift, I was with my daughter, and we were meeting my friend on another floor, and there was a woman there that was dressed quite elegantly, and she looked at us up and down and up and down. So my friend got on on another floor, and I said, Tyler, I hope you did not use the hotel shampoo. (laughs) (laughs) And I pulled out my hair, and she looked at me, and I got out, and I said, I hope you didn't, and she just mouthed, I did. ladies sharing stories some sad story but real stories actually when it comes to uh, living through cancer and positive stories as well and with humour which I adore laughing is healing laughing is healing indeed and lots of messages coming through on this topic of chemotherapy and we're going to be sharing your stories as well in just a little while stay with us so the debate continues regarding chemotherapy it's out there on the World Wide Web for you to look for yourself but here in studio as well with my guest we have Dr Annette Al Hamadi, who's consultant general surgeon, uh, breast surgeon at the City Hospital here, along with Linda Sars Harding, who uh, 68 years of age, but when she was 49, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Uh, went on to have a mastectomy in 1999. She followed eight chemotherapy treatments every three weeks. She never stopped work. She'd go through in her lunch hour, and uh, and, and you know she she the cancer came back for her, um, but she's still pro chemotherapy. Also joining us at table is Utafer. Uh, 
Gomez, who uh, was diagnosed with cervical cancer. And uh, she went through um, an operation to remove the tumour. She had 24 sessions of radiation, six sessions of chemotherapy. And, but she did, she, actually, the last session, she didn't go to it. She said that her body rebelled against chemotherapy. And she's gone on to look at therapies like the Dr. Max Gerson therapy, uh, looking at the food we eat and how we live, think and feel and how that can impact our health. So great to have the ladies in studio. Uh, if you were listening last week, uh, Dr. Pamela Munster joined us, who's a specialist oncologist at the University of California in San Francisco. Uh, she also works closely with the Zuleika Hospital here in the UAE. Well, P- Dr. Pamela, working in the medical field, she's actually an oncologist. Uh, she was diagnosed with breast cancer a few years ago and she had a double mastectomy. So we asked her the question regarding medical professionals and whether she would undergo chemotherapy. She did it before and uh, this is what she had to say. Some medical professionals have said that if they had cancer, they would not undergo chemotherapy. But then when they had chemotherapy, they changed their mind. What's your take on that? I think we have an interesting study suggesting that a lot of us medical professionals would say, like, we'll never do chemotherapy. Then, you know, we see how patients suffer. As we found, when actually doctors have cancer, they change their mind and almost everybody takes uh, chemotherapy. My father had late advanced cancer and uh, earlier in life he would say that he would not have chemotherapy. And then when it came down to the actually having advanced stage cancer and the only chance of meaningful time survival was chemotherapy. Uh, he accepted chemotherapy and he did really well with it. The day after chemotherapy I found him on the roof fixing his um, solar panels. So he had very limited uh, or virtually no side effects and he, his tumor shrunk, he had surgery and he's now knock on wood two years later still alive. What is the benefit of undergoing chemotherapy rather than looking for an alternative and what are the alternatives? Well, there are actually a lot of alternatives now for chemotherapy. They cause immunotherapy, they cause biologic therapy, targeted therapy. It depends on the cancer. Some cancers are exquisitely sensitive to chemotherapy. Many cancers are not sensitive to chemotherapy at all. And for a 1% benefit, we probably wouldn't give chemotherapy nowadays anymore. If you have a, a significant benefit from chemotherapy, we do recommend chemotherapy. Other alternatives as a diet intervention exercise is... It's probably more an adjunct than a true alternative. Side effects of chemotherapy? Can go from nothing to pretty severe. As it all, again, depends on the type of chemotherapy, the setting, the duration, the dose. It can be from, from hair loss to nausea, vomiting to weight gain, weight loss, and numbness of your fingers. I mean, there's a variety of side effects, but I have patients who go through six months of chemotherapy with no side effects. That's Linda Berenger talking to Dr. Pamela Munster regarding her thoughts on chemotherapy as an oncologist and also breast cancer survivor. Uh, Dr. Annette, uh, what we're hearing here is there's decisions to be made about your course of treatment once diagnosed with cancer and an option depending what your cancer is what stage you're at could be chemotherapy and it's like reaching for a lifeline isn't it you want to be cured but depending what your situation is taking chemotherapy could maybe extend your life if you're at a later stage cancer when patients are sitting in front of you and you're this is your specialist area do they ask you about the different forms of chemotherapy do they ask you about other options when they are being advised to take chemotherapy honestly when they come and we discuss the diagnose and um 
we suggest what kind of treatment comes first and surgery, chemotherapy, all these things. As Ute said, it's it's a shock. So in the first setting, they don't ask for alternatives. They they more or less ask, do I really have to do it and what are my chances? So we propose more or less the, the medical treatment, surgical treatment. Alternatives very often then come later. And it's difficult to say alternatives, in my opinion. We have a lot of supportive treatment, which, yeah, we are doctors and we, we try to look at the patient in a whole. I know all my patients with their family settings and whether they have kids and what they do in their life, work and all these things. So when they come for the second and third time to discuss it, or when they are in their treatment with the chemotherapy, they tell us, look, I want to try this. Is this all right with you? Um, some of them, they even, they have a fear of telling us what they are doing or what they want to do because they think, oh, this is what the doctor said I have to do. And maybe he's upset if I try something else out. But we actually want to know because sometimes it interferes with the advice treatment but we would like them to do anything else as well if they go for a Chinese medicine if they want to do something else they 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 take as a supplement or uh, to look after their mind if they want to do yoga anything we want them to to talk to us and um, yeah we can always advise them what's good for them or where we say if it doesn't harm yes of course you can do that uh, a listener here wants to remain anonymous says eight months ago my father passed away due to lung cancer his first session of chemotherapy was successful but his second session was not successful at all. So I saw him break down due to chemo and he had surgery as well. Um, Somebody else is saying here uh, that um, their mother was 55 years of age, suffering with breast cancer and uh, had chemotherapy and was operated on. um, And it worked for three years. That was the maximum time. And then she passed away. Um, Somebody else is saying, my wife went for a colonoscopy uh, here in Dubai. Uh, This is due to doctor's negligence. She had a bowel perforation and the doctor missed a malignant growth uh, on the colon, in the colon, one month after perforation. Um, The CT scan showed the small tumor and she had chemotherapy, suffered severe side effects and sadly died within a year after chemotherapy therapy. I believe her quality of life would have been so much better if she hadn't had the chemo. It didn't help her at all. Yeah, there are many side effects of the chemotherapy, we have to admit, because the chemotherapy is aggressive. We have many, many drugs new on the market, much better than 20 years ago, I presume. So we give medicine against the nausea. We can even do something against the hair loss if the patient wishes to to wear an ice cap during the chemotherapy. We have medicine to treat the pain in the joints, to have the numbness in the finger, everything to support and to help. But we cannot cover all the side effects, yes. And the quality of life is most important for patients in a very well advanced setting of a tumor disease. One of the things, and I have friends that have had cancer and have, you know, actually interesting with my friends, it's very mixed. Some are very pro-chemo, very anti-chemo, whether they've had cancer or not. One of the things that comes up is the idea that because the they're attacking the cancer cells, but it's like a splinter effect potentially through the cells of the body rather than, than targeting just cancer the cancer cells and I know there's new developments there and now you're able to yes we have we have drugs like TDM1 they just attack the cancer cells and even you have to imagine it's like in a balloon it goes to the cell it gets absorbed by the cell and only in the cell in the cancer cell the medicine will work but these are all new approaches it's it's not licensed Mm. for everything not for every disease and it will not be in future but we are getting better with the medical treatment and to cover the side effects of the treatment 
because yes. one of the concerns is that you know and people have said that or you may be uh, treated for a cancer with chemotherapy but that it could mean that cancer will come back later in another part of the body now for you Linda uh, you know going back nearly 20 years ago in America you went through chemotherapy did you ever think about that was that even in your mind concerns that if I have this treatment that it may come back in another part of my body at a later stage um, well, not at that time, and I'd like to make it clear that even though I do joke about things, um, I take the cancer very seriously. I never miss a checkup um, because I have the malignant melanoma. My skin is checked every three months, and um, I wasn't worried at the time, but I think what helped me a lot with my treatment, number one, as I mentioned before, was the surgeon, uh, but also the way I was raised, and everyone is different. Um, it's not to say that I wouldn't have had alternative th therapy. I just did at this time what was recommended for me. Um, but my my father was was in the war, never talked about the war, but if my brother and I complained about anything, he would say, get in the car, and we, we know that that meant he wanted to take us to Veterans Hospital and see us let us see people who had been in the war and how they had to live now, that our problems weren't as great. So even though I was not thrilled, of course, to hear I had cancer, I I thought if I can survive this, you know, it will be because of the way I was raised and I just have to do what I have to do. Um, I I don't trust it, the cancer. I'm, I hope it doesn't come back, but I do everything I can to try and prevent it and listen to the to my physician and if you had, had went back in time would you still do exactly the same treatment would you go make the same decisions you made before yes yeah so you have no regrets at all no about regrets. having chemotherapy no interesting isn't it now i know uh for you uh uta the, you feel very differently and so the idea that if somebody you knew or loved was diagnosed with cancer what would you say to them no no. No. Really? Even if they were being advised that the chemotherapy could, you know, either cure them or indeed extend their life? Well, I, I have to say it strongly because um, uh, we, are, we, are, we are discussing different aspects. Mm. And I am kind of representing and I almost have the privilege to do that because I have gone through the, the traditional method of healing and luckily I, I was healed we cannot say it was due to the therapies chemo operation and radiotherapy I'm thankful I had the opportunity to have this done I'm not criticizing it it was as it was and it perhaps not perhaps it 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 sure saved my life um, so if you were to go back to the time you were diagnosed and if you could change anything would you would you still go through the chemotherapy no. you wouldn't no now i wouldn't because i have put myself together again and i want to one more time i want to point to something what i said earlier there is a body and there is a mind and there is a spirit when we get sick we all know that we don't feel our best we say we don't feel good we don't say my nose is running, my nose is running. We say I don't feel good because there is always a complementary feeling to what the body actually reflects. And this is where I would advise everyone who is given the diagnosis cancer, 
I was not strong enough. I, my circumstances at that time were not. I, I refuse and I go to, maybe we can talk about this later. There is a clinic in Mexico, the Dr. Max Gerson uh, Clinic, um, who, I'm not an expert. I'm not getting any commissions there. I didn't go. All I know is what I studied. And uh, this clinic uh, treats their cancer patients, n not only cancer, but mainly cancer patients, quite successfully, um, with an equivalent of 15 kilogram of fruit and vegetable fresh juices daily. So that's... And there is doctors. It's, it's a medical clinic. Well, we took your advice. We've um, posted up on our blog, actually, uh, Dr. Max Gerson Therapy. And so you can see for yourselves. And, um, you know, this is not the viewpoint of Dubai Eye, but we are putting out there for you to make your own decisions. And I think this is very much what we're getting to in this discussion is that from what you have said, Dr. Annette, is how many patients will come and they will be offered the the treatment of chemotherapy and they don't really question it and that's up to them but often it's because I imagine and I don't know and please if you've been through this you tell me and I can ask you in a moment when we come back is that it's a feeling of you know you're the doctor I, I've got enough there's a lot for me to deal with here you take that from me and and and, and help me you know take care of me and I can take totally me, yeah. you take <clears throat> care of me I can totally understand that and, and appreciate that and you're all nodding in the room so that might often be the case you, you are paralyzed you want somebody you need somebody to take you under your wings and say it's all right you know we'll do this and we'll get through it whatever it takes that's what you need so, uh, Dr. Annette, when we hear Uta talking about therapies like the Max Gerson therapy, which is basically really fundamentally looking at diet and feeding your body with natural foods, vitamins, nutrients, flooding your body with that to keep you healthy. And in some cases, and this is according to the Max Gerson therapy, and uh, re do your own research for yourselves. This is not necessarily what we're advocating, although I know Uta totally believes in this could help reverse or even cure cancer. Do you believe that, Uta? Yes. But I want to say I haven't done it. I, I, I haven't done it, but I have researched it. And then I have, I mean, this is also something Linda will, um, uh, she will have done as well. You are looking for something additional. You want to change your life. You want to, you, you feel, okay, I will change my nutrition. I will change a lot of things. You, you, this is something I've always heard from cancer patients. That's it. Okay. I'm going to change my life. Doctor. As you said, you're looking for something additionally. So you look for something on top of the medical treatment or the, the, the stuff that we give you from our side, um, from the other side of the table. Hopefully it's not coming across like that. But there's nothing wrong with having a healthy diet, a better diet than before the diagnosis or even after the diagnosis. It's not against anything that we give you or it's not against the chemotherapy we might want to offer you. And we doctors, we are very selective. Uh, Fortunately or unfortunately, I, I look after all the scientific papers. This is the purpose in my career, let's say it like this. So we look after new treatments surgically or from the medical point of view. So we offer you what is hopefully best for you and tailor-made. There are so many scenarios in breast cancer where we might even say, look, your chances of survival with surgery, maybe radiotherapy in terms of breast-conserving surgery, 
and you don't need any chemotherapy. So we send out four tests from the tumor to, to the U.S. There's only one lab in the whole world, so where you could send it. And if the prognosis is very, very good and your survival chances and even recurrency chance is very little, we will not offer you a chemotherapy. Well, you are, you know, you've got three uh, clinic, you've got, you know, three days of clinic in, in breast, uh, the breast centre, uh, two days of surgeries, you're treating par- uh, patients with benign and malignant breast diseases here <coughs> in the UAE, you're working closely with oncologists, breast care nurses, ward staff, uh, breast radiologists, etc. And treatment steps that you discuss interdisciplinary in the weekly tumour board as well. Yeah, it's, it's not a one-man show nowadays. I mean, breast cancer is so complex. Um, of course, I'm the person who, who, who diagnoses the patient or gives the, the bad news about the diagnosis and everything. But it's always discussed in a team because I'm not the only one. I might not even start with the surgery, so the oncologist might come first to offer a neoadjuvant chemotherapy to shrink the tumor that surgery even is possible then. So we sit every week and we see all test results. We discuss it with the oncologist, with the breast radiologist, with the plastic surgeon, um, with everybody who is involved in the treatment of breast cancer, and we make a decision. And still, I'm sorry to continue, and still it is not a choice of the patient, but yes, we will talk about everything. And if there's a wish for any other treatment or any other surgery, we will even follow that and discuss it till the end and make a decision on that. Uh, Another thing is that I had had the lumpectomy and did the daily six-week radiation, my full dosage of radiation that my body could take, Um, and then there was less, supposedly, a less than 1% chance that the cancer would return. So when it did return, I was more than willing to start whatever my doctor had said, which was chemotherapy, because I thought if the radiation didn't stop it, then I have to do something else, something stronger, which I felt was the chemotherapy. We're hearing both sides of this, actually, uh, pro, falls and against uh, chemotherapy treatment. And we'll have a listen now to Almas Menon, who shares her story with us regarding breast cancer and why she is sceptical about chemotherapy. Have a listen to this. I first got my cancer in 2001. It was breast cancer. I had a mastectomy and then I was clean and clear for 11 years. I got the cancer again in 2012 in the right lung. That's the time I had chemotherapy. I had nine sessions of chemotherapy and six months of oral chemo. I was clear for three to four months and the cancer came back in the right lung and uh, in the spine, which is what I have now. The reason I do not want to go in again for chemotherapy, and I I will not, is because, you know, I I was only in remission for three months, and it broke down everything in the body completely. Um, It leaves you completely uh, devastated, weak, and it didn't do what it needed to do. There is no guarantee that the cancer will not come back. I believe that the body must be strong, you must improve your immunity and make the body strong enough to fight the disease. Chemotherapy weakens you completely and there's no guarantee that it's fighting anything. What do you do to boost your immune system and give your body the strength to fight cancer? I took an alternative treatment. I went in for uh, an Ayurvedic treatment. 
from an institute that focuses only on cancer. This uh, institute is in India. I took their medication and their uh, philosophy is, again, strengthening the immunity system and to give a better quality of life. The cancer is there, yes, but if the body is not strong enough to fight it, you're not achieving anything. And the Ayurvedic medication did help me a great deal. Why did it help you? What exactly did it do? It made me feel stronger. It made me feel healthier. I wasn't weak at all as I was with chemotherapy. It gave my body the strength to fight. I led a completely normal life. I still have cancer. I'm on um, a medication now. It's an oral medication, which is uh, uh, it's called Aramidex, and it's an anti-HRT. Uh, HRT is hormone replacement therapy, and Aramidex works in the opposite way. This seems to be helping. It took a little while, took a few months to actually take effect. My uh, cancer is still there, but my tumor markers seem to be showing an improvement. The PET scan seems to be showing an improvement. So, yes, it's, it's positive. Messages coming in and questions as well, Doctor. One here. Um, I have a friend here that had a mastectomy at a hospital six weeks ago and removal of two of the lymph nodes and told she doesn't require radiotherapy um, but the breast tissue hasn't been sent for testing to see if she needs chemotherapy. They said three weeks for test results. Should we be worried, should she be worried uh, if it's taking so long? No, I think the doctor is doing the right way of not just offering it as a, in the rainforest rain, giving chemotherapy to everybody. Her prognosis obviously is very good, even that two lymph nodes are involved. They are sending it out, tumor tissue, to do a test on it, to give a recurrent score and to see whether a chemotherapy could yeah, improve her prognosis or without chemotherapy, the prognosis is so good that nothing else should be done. Causes, and this is, uh, again, it's a whole show in itself. Um, many people have opinions on this, how and why one might get cancer. And, of course, it will depend on the type of cancer within that debate. But it's something to maybe address when it comes to treatment as well. Uta, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think this is important to mention. Um, the healthiest state of being is one of balance. And when you are sick, or this is our topic today, we have cancer, our body is out of balance. Since we have a connection, the body is not only the body, the body is more. The body has a spirit, it has emotions, it has thoughts, and we cannot separate it. But in classical treatments, we do separate it. And I'm saying it again, if you are diagnosed with cancer, and I did the same. I took what I was recommended, I trusted my doctors, and I did it. But I came to know there are reasons why I got what I got. I came to know I was out of balance for a very long time, and I couldn't help myself, and my body stopped me. Told me that's it. What your talking about here is that how negative thoughts or trauma or stress or uh, lifestyle or the way that you think and feel can manifest itself all of this yes. through illness in the body and yes. some people believe that some people don't believe that but that's your opinion 
It's not about belief. I mean, if you, I mean, uh, you can go into all the old teachings. You go into Sanskrit. You go into you go you go, you go into um, uh, philosophy. You will always find there is a combination. We are not only a body. We are more. And if our body is if we if if we are out of balance, our body will show. Our, our mind will show. Also, uh, the support around you, how people are with you and uh, making decisions and managing the illness and deciding on treatments, but also knowing that you're not alone. And uh, Linda, we're off to a lunch later. Actually, it was a coincidence. I didn't know you were going to be there as well, but at the World Trade Club, it's a ladies' lunch as they hold it every month and they support breast friends here in the UAE. And I'm going to be talking there after lunch and you're going to be there. I'm delighted we'll get to know each other better later on today. Thank but this you. is uh, your part of that support group as well. Well, when I first arrived in Dubai, I, I couldn't um, find a group. And then I heard about Breast Friends, B-R-E-S-T. And it's a group that was set up by Dr. Haria t- exactly 10 years ago. We just had the 10th anniversary meeting. The group meets once a month. We often have a speaker. We have uh, Dubai Drums was there. We had a dancing meeting you know everybody learned a few dance steps it's a wonderful group um it's uh it meets usually at emirates towers on a sunday the third sunday of a month of the month and it's a wonderful group of ladies and a message here from Christina saying, Linda is a rock. She inspires me. She has had so many challenges and, in her life, and she always bounces back with a joke and a smile. And she needs to write her own biography so I can read all her life stories, <laughs> adventures, and have a laugh, is what Christina <laughs> says. Oh, thank you. And, Doctor, to come back round to your profession and what you do, you've already said that if you were diagnosed with cancer, uh, looking at uh, the prognosis, Based on that prognosis, uh, if it meant that it would extend your life or indeed cure you, you would have chemotherapy. Yes, a clear yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can have so many cancers in your life. Every cancer is different. Treatment is different. Of course, I look at it from a different perspective. I'm, I'm trained. I know what a cancer would mean for me if it is, let's say, a breast cancer or colon cancer. I can make a more informed decision. I hope I give my patients even enough information so that they can make an informed decision. This is what we want them to do. Well, exactly. And I think when you hear stories of people who are diagnosed and go through treatment and are asking questions, they just take what they are given by their doctor, which I'm sure is correct. But you still it's it's that, as we said before, this idea that the doctor knows best or I'm just imparting my body to the doctor to make decisions for me. And it's up to you. You have your own choice to do that. But what we're saying is it's okay as a patient. If a patient comes to you and says, you've told me I need to have this kind of chemotherapy. Actually, doctor, can you tell me what else is there for me? Give me more of this story. You, you welcome that. Yes, I welcome that. Nobody is ups- upset about more questions or more treatment options or I have read this on the internet. Everybody looks it up in the internet, believe me. So they all come back, not on the first time, but they come back and ask, can I do this? What do you think about that? And we always have patients who say, no, I don't want you. I don't want your treatment. I don't want to have the surgery done. I don't want to have a chemotherapy done even afterwards or before. We know these patients. I knew a few of them. And if I say knew, 
you know which way it very often goes. So it, it's sad. You, even we have to accept if a patient doesn't want our treatment. Yes. Yeah, I think that's right. It's mm. their personal choice. And yes. as we've heard already for people, some people have said, um, actually, if I could have the time again for my relative, actually, I wish they hadn't had chemotherapy because their last weeks, months would have been better for them. They would have had a better quality of life. They would have been with the family more, not in hospital all the time. Other people have said, actually, it's extended. It extended their time with us having chemotherapy. So, again, it's personal choice. We have to leave it here, but before we go, if there's one thing you would like to share with the listener, maybe somebody that's going through this at the moment, making decisions, what would you like to impart to them? Uta. Take charge of your own life. Listen to the doctor, but do not replace your own work. You have to work. It's hard work to get your health back. It's work. Nobody can do it for you. Linda. Know your own body, be aware of changes, um, seek help when you feel something's not right. Yeah, don't put it off. Mm-hmm. And doctor. Live a healthy life, listen to your body, that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. Go for your screening tests that are recommended and if you really feel something, yes, go and see any medical profession. Get a health checkup. Or if you feel that something is not right, even if you don't feel a lump in your breast or you have any where blood coming out where it should not be, if you don't feel right, go and follow it up, talk to someone, get an examination and then take it from there. Ladies, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for all the messages that have come through. So for now, Dr. Annette Al-Hamadi, Consultant General Surgeon at City Hospital, along with Uta Ferris and Linda Sars-Harding. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thanks for inviting us.